Let's give them something to talk about. I see the energy running out. I got a planet to run around. Okay, okay. You ain't do nothing but run your mouth. Last week was a lot smooth. <laughs> I wasn't wide drunk then, though. No. Um, yeah, probably Check. not a good idea to do Larry right before the podcast. <laughs> so I got an extra 30 minutes beforehand. Larry is a hero workout that we do on Juneteenth. 21, 18, 15. 21, 18, 15, 12, 12 9, 6, 3. Front squats and burpee over the bar and 200-meter sandbag run in between each round. Yep. It's taking people about 30 minutes to finish. Yeah, we threw a 32-minute time cap on it just to, um, A, keep classes going, but at the same time kind of push a little bit more of the intensity. Because otherwise, just like any other, you know, long grinder, you'd see a lot of people just kind of walking on the bag and taking a little bit more time in between transitions. Hero workouts, we will always time cap uh, simply because they're tests, a better test than they are actual workouts. And people will put an extra effort into the hero workout that maybe their uh, their mind can handle, but their body might not be able to handle. And so, in order to prevent excessive soreness, yeah, yeah, we talked we talked a lot about it too with um, uh, my morning classes. Just you know, putting a face to a workout. You know, it's not just a particular workout. It's it's a tribute. It's a it's a workout in dedication to you know fallen soldiers yeah it's an honor to be able to do these workouts it really is and you and larry is a good one i won't um i'll i may give it an attempt later today i've got a lot of volume over the last couple of days so mm. i don't know but because that one's just it's actually it's a good workout the the weight on it is is good for the rx weight is 90 it's uh 75 115 so 75 one, for the ladies and yeah, 115 for, for the guys, guys. Which is, a, which is a doable weight. That's a problem, though. It is a doable weight. Like, you can, yes. <laughs> you can go unbroken if you, you really want to suck it up. And that's yeah. that's what I was telling everybody in class. Like, if you have, if you're questioning, and um, do I break it? And you're around, like, 15, just hang on for Larry. The, um, we're, it, the other thing is, too, is the sandbag carries a little deceiving as well. It adds up because you have the 200-meter sandbag well, right. carry at the end of every one. So when you get to those nine, six, three, it's like you're super quick on the barbell and the burpees. Now it's just get back to the bag. Well, and you think you, you start to think, well, when I get, I'll be able to recover when I carry a sandbag. Yeah. And it's, but it's not like a 400-meter run where you kind of can recover if you, if you pace it. With a sandbag, you're, you've got that tension the entire time, and you never really recover. Yeah, you're under load the whole. You're under load the whole way. It's very deceptive. Yeah, yeah, and it's especially when you think of like the story around him and how the bag, where the bag comes from, right? It's yeah. it was, he he died because he uh, you know left his cover and went and saved somebody and happened to step on a, a mine. Yeah, stepped on a mine while he was carrying, carrying a marine. Yeah. yeah, it's named after um, uh, Larry, Larry Harris. Larry Jr. Harris. He's twenty five. Yeah, and in 2010 was killed uh, yeah. serving as a fire team leader for Third Squad in the 81th 81 millimeter mortar battalion. Um, yeah, Marine Corps. Yeah, just just a stud. Yeah, and then stepped on a mine and still, you know, was able to get his buddy to safety, mm -hmm. and then died after. Yeah, so when you're doing that 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 carry, it's uh, yeah, that's pretty it's, powerful. It's, it's a it's a real thing, you know. It's it's. Anytime we do these hero workouts, it's really important to just kind of start touching on who this person was. Why are we doing this workout? And, you know, that's the, like we always talk about. This is one of the 
characteristics of CrossFit that separates us from anything else. Yes. No one else has this. Mm -mm. I posted today because I've been having some discussion with other affiliate owners on this subject of um, affiliation versus franchising. And there's been some, there's been some chatter about from some affiliate owners who think that the, ability, for the future of CrossFit, a better way to go would be, you know, would be mm. franchising. And there is, mm. and there, to be honest with you, there's pressure from the board of directors of CrossFit to Don Fall, the CEO. So from the private equity group um, to consider, um, to consider uh, uh, franchising. And cool. because they are, because those investors have experience with it, meaning yeah. they probably have investment in mm. a franchise group. And when you look at uh, the, when you say they have investors in the franchise group, does that mean they have people that would lead the efforts and franchising all the affiliates? Well, no. When I say I say on the on the on the board of directors, the investors, so the oh, investors okay. themselves have investments in franchises Got elsewhere. It. So yeah. maybe I don't know. It's Burger King. I don't know whether it's you know, Fitness Nineteen. I don't know. Coca Cola. Well, no, the, you know what I mean by franchise. Yeah, yeah no, right? I understand what you mean. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, like Subway. Yeah, Subway, right? So they they have those investors, they have experience, and then they also know that there are very successful uh, in, uh, fitness companies that franchise and do well. Mm -hmm. F45 is not. Their they're stock price is way down, and they're suffering um, quite a bit. Um, but Orange Theory, the Orange Theory franchise model is working. Mm. Um, I don't know what their latest numbers are, but I, but I know it's working. But anyway, coming back to this, um, the hero workouts are, are a unique and distinguishing characteristic. And in yeah. my mind, they don't fit into that franchise model. And as soon as you start to do that, you take away mm. from the meaning of, of what it is. It becomes, um, it becomes a... Uh, a, a, a kind of a marketing ploy an advertising ploy and not a real doesn't have super significance these mm -hmm. were born out of a real tribute that, that uh, crossfit greg glassman in particular wanted to do to honor fallen soldiers especially those who well those were that were that were doing crossfit yeah um, but i think about crossfit and so then there's been discussion around the brand where it should go what it should do and and you know don i think has got all this under control i'm sure he's getting ten thousand opinions from oh sure every single affiliate owner and every single flow master and every single crossfitter that he talks to here's how you should do it yeah and i'm guilty of giving him that as well um but the um crossfit is i wrote i tweeted this today crossfit is a badge of honor for a uh, for our affiliate so i don't think about crossfit the brand as um as a franchise or something we 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 you know expect a we don't expect a a, a a toolkit or a book they they've got those things for affiliates but i don't yeah. my, i never had any expectations for that mm -hmm. what my expectation was is i was honored to be able to represent crossfit and all that it is and the amazing methodology that it is and how it has essentially upended the fitness industry mm -hmm. first of all by defining fitness and increased work capacity across broad time and modal domains but the um, the things that it does and that it represents, and especially at the tip of the spear, um, made me feel like always that uh, that CrossFit is a badge of honor for our affiliate. We earn it every 
and we earn it. And I tweeted this, we earn it every day by adhering to and sharing the principles of the methodology. It is a privilege to bear the moniker, mm -hmm. providing us motivation to succeed so that we may encourage others to do the same. And I think that's um, kind of defines, you know, what an affiliate is in a, in a sense, at least for the, for the OGs. Mm -hmm. We didn't come into this, we didn't start this. And I know I, I got to be party to a great meeting in 2000, early 2021 with a lot of big affiliate names and owners. Everybody got up and introduced themselves at the beginning of the meeting. And then one of the questions was, why do they, why did they start their, their affiliate? And every single one that got up, and I was kind of surprised by a couple of the people that they said this as well. They wanted to help people. Mm -hmm. and it wasn't to open up 15 locations yeah. with a 30% return on my equity investment. It wasn't a money grab. It was, oh. it was a genuine wanting to help. I mean, that's why I started training and opened my affiliate at the same time. It was, I wanted to help and provide opportunity for people to get fit. I knew that it could be better than break even. I knew mm -hmm. that the, because if we were successful, I knew that we could pay the bills, but it wasn't an investment to try and make money and it's and that is a probably part of the catch 22 of the affiliates because people that are starting this and doing this because they want to help may not necessarily have all the business acumen and financial acumen to make it successful as yeah. it grows yeah and over time right they they you know if they're especially if they're not making money that it becomes a it becomes very hard yeah and so as a result, with affiliates versus franchises, I bet that the, the failure or turnover rate is probably higher mm -hmm. than, say, say, than, say, franchises, where they have a model, they've got, you know, the universities where you can go learn, and then everybody, everybody has the same marketing plan and marketing strategy. They're doing strategy. the same music and They're the classes. They're doing the same music. They get same a, programming. They get economies of scale, yeah. from it, right? But, but all of that is, 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 in my mind, contrived. Yeah where CrossFit is, the affiliate is organic and feels, um, is, it, each affiliate is a reflection of the owner themselves. Mm -hmm. So my call to action for Don Fall and the powers of be with uh, the CrossFit, the HQ is find better owners. Like yeah. if, they, if they find those owners, find the owners like, Adam Neifler up in mm -hmm. CrossFit Fort Vancouver, Alan Shaw yeah. at uh, Rhapsody CrossFit, um, more CJ Martins, right? These mm -hmm. people that are that do want to help, uh, Nicole Christensen's that want to help and are passionate about it, and then also have leadership skills and emotional intelligence. I think emotional intelligence is probably the most important one. Yeah, to be honest with for you. sure. Especially if it, you know, when it, it, as you start to grow, you have to manage people, and I think that's the most difficult thing for some affiliate owners is relinquishing control and managing others mm -hmm. but anyway um we got off on a tangent katie hogan is going to be here yeah. um sorry we didn't we wanted to get started katie hogan's going to join us probably in about uh five or six minutes i just got a little bit behind we'll talk about her schedule um which is crazy yeah. like, like literally she i went to coffee with her had coffee with her two weeks ago and talking to her as i talked to her for the first 10 minutes and i sat there thought christ how does she even have time to have this coffee with me I literally thought that I felt guilty. I started really? feeling guilty while I was having take, coffee take, for taking her time. Yeah, she's dude. She does so much, and and 
And in addition to being, you know, a wife and a mother oh, uh, on top of that, that's not even yeah. included in the stuff that she does. And, it's, and she does it all for CrossFit. It's really remarkable. That is cool. So we'll talk about that. Um, her back because a lot, of, a lot of people don't know that she is the West Coast field, uh, West region field leader. Um, and for those who don't know, that is a job that I held for a brief stint. <laughs> I was the first he West was the Coast first. field leader. How long did that last for? Um, it lasted for a month. No, I think it was like six weeks. No, it was like two two months. I think before I got fired, and I got we got fired. Uh, Rick Nolly and I were co yeah field leaders. Yep, uh, Rick Nolly, my coach, and the whole thing was, was it was a great effort on CrossFit's part, led by Dave Castro, who started mm. the affiliate rep by model in order to help provide a um, basically a, 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 a human connection for affiliate owners to CrossFit HQ. Like a personal, yeah, um, like a personal, uh, uh, someone that could, like a personal connect. Uh, yeah. Someone they could talk to. Yeah. Yeah. Versus sending an email and getting Versus a response. Email, maybe getting a response yeah. and back in the day. And again, I'm not, I'm not complaining, but that's just the way it was. Yeah. Like we just knew that we weren't, you know, you weren't, if you wanted help, you, the only place to go to help was online and Google it or go to the CrossFit message boards, which I yeah. did, which I did quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that. And like, yeah. how many times, how many people from CrossFit, when you were an affiliate owner, how many contacts from CrossFit did you get? Like one when I was just doing my affiliate. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's it. And even here proved, here proved. Good to go. <laughs> See ya. Yeah, there wasn't a whole lot. But anyway, so I was at Dave Castro during that difficult time with uh, with Glassman and COVID, the beginning of COVID. Yeah. And so so we Diablo did, elected to stay open against the mandates. We were getting fined. It was becoming very public. I was on the news probably five or six times speaking out uh, in defense of gyms. Mm-hmm. Um, and restaurants and others that uh, during the pandemic to not close those businesses. And CrossFit asked me, um, specifically Eric Rosa. <laughs> to make a choice. Yeah, to make a choice. Gave you an ultimatum. Yeah, close down or uh, adhere to the mandates or or step down as your role as, as affiliate leader, as affiliate rep. And apparently there were a couple of affiliates. I don't know if this is true or not, but this is what he said, is that there were a couple of affiliates that had expressed a uh, uh, or had complained that we were opening against mandates and how could, you know, I be a, an appropriate rep if I was, do you think that's what kind of triggered it was you had, a, they had other affiliates reaching out and like, yeah. Pointing fingers at you. Yes. Yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. It's unfortunate, but it is unfortunate. And I don't know whether it was, Hey, they're open. We can't, but it was, you know, I just had courage. And was, we also read between the lines. Yeah, well, read between us, but also, and I was willing to take the pain. I was willing yeah. to take the penalty. Like I was, I was, I was that, honestly, and I told this to my coaches. I would, I, you know, if they did. I didn't require anybody to stay, but by being open, our members kept paying, and I was able to pay my coaches. Mm-hmm. And I told my coaches that if they didn't want to do it, uh, and they didn't want to, that's fine. Yeah, it was no, very no one was going to get fired. Um, I would, I didn't even committed. To, I mean, I did say. Probably wouldn't have been able to do it, but I will coach all of the classes. I was so st- I was so pissed off about the whole process. I also told my wife we will go broke <laughs> doing this, which probably also wasn't. Well, I remember you had mentioned we're going to do this as long as we don't get our uh, business license threatened. Yes, was kind of like the bre- a breaking point. Yeah. Granted, thankfully it didn't come to that. No, it didn't come to that. 
but there there are some gyms and around this country that did where it did come to that. But anyway, we we stayed open and and CrossFit didn't like that. That I was the affiliate rep. They could they didn't do anything about my affiliation, but they just at the time Eric Rosa felt it was a conflict of interest with mm-hmm. the efforts that they were trying. Well, to, they said they were trying to get money from. They the were trying to raise money through some through, to push some bill through Congress to get money for gyms, which just went absolutely nowhere. Um, and it was community for fitness and the people, the other gyms that were on it were just, it was annoying actually to be associated with them. And, and I mean, if they were able to get some money from that, would it, how much no, of that would actually come across? Exactly. I mean, like it would go to like 24 hour fitness and all yeah, the big, 20, big yeah. box gyms, right? right? Yeah. So it was, it was like a $30 million grant for like five or six very large fitness enterprises I feel like that's nothing yeah especially for affiliates and then how do you get the money and by the time anybody got any money from something like that to stay open it was the, the whole thing was was Sus. very frustrating it was just frustrating anyway i'm i'm not complaining but anyway so i so i was like oh but they, they but they replaced me with someone that's even better um katie hogan and katie hogan's amazing um and so she's got that job now as a west region manager but she's also flow master Mm-hmm. for crossfit and one of the original valley girls yeah one of the original valley girls but as a flow master she's doing level ones and mm-hmm. i don't know if she's doing level twos but she, i know she does she's still doing level ones mm-hmm. and those may be in our area and those could be in other parts of the country yeah so she's working with crossfit doing that and then she also uh what a lot of people don't know she also is uh oh has her own garage affiliate so she's still coaching yeah and that's why she can't be on right at 11 o'clock. Yeah, this she morning. has a class that ends at 1130. Yeah, she, she, she looked at her schedule wrong this morning. And I think she has like four classes this morning that she's coaching. Oh, she's coming in. In her garage, spend. in her garage affiliate. That's awesome, though. Yeah, it's fantastic. So, and, oh, shit, I just kicked my camera. That's not good. <laughs> Sorry about that. You're watching on YouTube. The... But anyway, so Katie represents the affiliates and she's, I know she's got stories to tell. She's probably going to get mad at me for asking some of the, for talking about her, asking some of the questions that we're going to ask her today. So I'm going to raise my desk while we're, while I'm talking. You want me to adjust your camera? No, I think my camera's actually halfway decent. But anyway, so we're going to ask her some questions about the affiliates, what she's seeing out there, what she's, she talks to Don Fall and nicole carroll and mm-hmm. and all the powers i'm sure dave castro as well she talks to them and gets feedback from them on a regular basis um so she'll have some better insight as to what's going on at crossfit where it's going what they're thinking and we'll talk to her about all that i also want to get kind of the other side of the story what is what's what, what are some of what, what are some of the scary stories <laughs> from she, within some of the affiliates yeah from within the affiliates that she can tell us about. Yeah. Um, she, the, the part that we'll talk about a little bit well before she clicks in is she's an OG um, from back in the day. And when mm-hmm. I say back in the day, she was, she competed at the CrossFit games twice. Yep. She qualified for the CrossFit games twice. Um, once in the uh, pre-modern era in the early days. So 2009, I think was her first CrossFit games. Um, that's before the, you know, extensive qualification process. Although she did have to qualify. Um, yeah, she was 09 and 11, I believe. Yeah, and, and 11 is down at, uh, that was at, um, Stump Up Center. Yeah. And Carson and Carson. And we, we had an open then as well. 
That was the first open. Yeah, it was the first open. Yeah. So she went through the open process and qualified then. And did she ever go on to a team? Um, I didn't see that in her. She'll have to tell us that. Yeah. I want to say that she was on the CSA team. I think that was what it was. Yeah. We, she, I think she competed with CSA when she was training in Pleasanton, yeah. CSA. And now she lives up here in the Bay Area. And um, um, not competing more. I want to ask her about that as well. Yeah. But she also competed as a powerlifter and has some impressive numbers. Mm-hmm. She's been to, she qualified for regionals multiple times, mm-hmm. uh, three times at regionals, sixth place, ninth place, 15th place finish um, in regionals. So in 2012, she almost made it to the games. Again, because it looks like a sixth place, and I think they took the top five out of Southern California. 12 was still top three. It was top three. They didn't go to oh, that's right. Um, they went super to, regional until fifteen, until two thousand fifteen. Yeah, still impressive because yeah, that's for sure. It was a southern, stacked, stacked region. Oh, Southern California was tough. Yeah, yeah. Right? which is crazy that Southern California and Northern California had its own own regional. Yeah, and and I think rightfully so when you look back at the athletes and the domination that we had, and then it you yeah. know, took a while for again. This is when it's starting to rapidly expand to the mm-hmm. East coast. Yeah. And then Europe, we're just, you know, we're just getting, it was just getting just started getting rolling. Yeah. Just kind of getting rolling. And, and her region, that Southern California region was tough. Some of the names down there that she was competing with, obviously Kristen clever, mm-hmm. multiple, multiple previous game, games, champion, yeah, previous games, champion, um, Valerie Volberl. Mm-hmm. Venezuela, uh, Lindsay Valenzuela, who's always just what they call her the people's champ. Yeah. Right. She was strong. She was good and everybody loved her. Mm-hmm. And who else? Uh, Jamie Hygia was down there. Was she in CrossFit Valley? Um, I think or Valley CrossFit, I yes, think is what it was. was. Valley CrossFit as well. Like that gym itself just produced, that produced all the chicks out in Southern California. Yes. Yeah. I was like a competition out of the affiliate. No, it wasn't. And for us, like uh, a Northern California affiliate and, you know, big fans of the games, like that was just, we were in awe of that gym. Mm-hmm. Like it was, we geeked out on all the videos. Oh, yeah. They were the, they were the original mayhem slash proven. Yeah. Invictus style. They, they were, yeah, Invictus. I mean, they did a whole bit. If you go on a YouTube and look up um, the Valley Girls CrossFit, there's like a two or three parter where um, they basically kind of, intro each athlete and kind of talk about their training and how they got into CrossFit. It's, it's interesting. I'm going to send her the link again. Okay. Do you want me to send her a link? Um, I'll send it. I'll text it to her. Okay. Just in case. Cause I knew it was going to be risky with her. I asked her on Thursday of last week. Mm-hmm. So I knew it was going to be a little risky to get her on. Let me see if she, she hasn't texted. Well, me. she said she was gone for like a three day weekend and she got home and realized her schedule was off. Oh, really? Yeah. That was like late last night. I texted her the. Oh, there she is. Oh, yay. You ready to go? Yeah. Let's bring her in. Hey. Welcome. Hey. hey, can you hear us? I can hear you, but I can't tell. Am I hearing you? My ears. I don't hear we you don't yet. hear you yet. Hold so on. check your sound settings. 
Jamie, do you have her yeah. muted? No, it's it's not muted. Try again. Check, check. Oh, there you are. I got you. Yeah, we got oh. you now. In my ears. That's super weird. Um, oh, yeah, there you go. Can you hear us? I can hear you out of my like main speaker. Computer, not computer. Yeah. Hmm. So I we have know, a settings thing that I can having issues. Maybe it's this. I can let's see if I mute you. Try talking now. No, I, I muted you. Okay. You're so I I don't know if you need to have your headset on because right now we have our headsets on because well, she doesn't technically unless you so if you put if you put your headset plug your headset into the mic yeah into the actual computer yeah but see do you guys hear out of this okay yes. yeah. so it's my yeah. it's my good okay yeah cool. yeah um it's also got it okay I think so welcome cool, cool. Welcome. Thanks. Sorry I'm late and screwed up the time. It's kind of my thing, apparently, and <laughs> super embarrassing. Oh no, not at all, because it gave us a good chance to do uh, a long intro. We already, so we said all the embarrassing things about you already. <laughs> I just oh, okay. I'm sure there's more. <laughs> oh, thanks, Tim. Sounds good. <laughs> um, but we talked about, uh, a, we, we talked about your current role a little bit, and then we talked about also your background and that's what we wanted to actually get clarification on because we were kind of um speculating fanboying on yeah. on your uh on your competition it's background not a very long resume <laughs> so it's, Come on, um, you're one of the original valley girls right i'm one of the original valley girls that i definitely have a lot of pride of but um i feel like that's just very much a right place right time kind of thing um so but yeah that's i started across i don't know if you want me to just like yeah on about how about all that all was but i started yeah. crossfit in 2008 and um, I actually got pointed in that direction by a neighbor of mine. He ended up being a longtime master's competitor at the games of um, repping Valley CrossFit. And um, so he was just like, hey, you should come check this, this thing out, CrossFit. You know, here's a flyer. And um, he was just a really happy member of the gym. And so in 2008, I started stalking the blog and I saw this girl on there that I wanted to be. And it, of course, turned out to be Becca Voigt. And, um, I also, I think I more wanted to just be her best friend once I was watching her and envying her. And so then I eventually st stepped in and started CrossFit and was hooked like all of us, probably same story we all have. And, um, I think it was the first two weeks of me starting CrossFit. It was like, I'm almost next week is my anniversary. My, what is that? 15 year anniversary. Wow. And it was like a week or two after I started that the, the 2008 games happened. And so I was just a regular twice a week attending class person. And then I heard, oh, they're all going to this thing. And, and I lived formerly, like my family was all in Northern California. I happened to be home for the weekend visiting them. And I was watching all of it streaming online and following wow. along with the competitors from Valley that decided to go. Um, Chris Clever wasn't yet at Valley. So Becca Boyd was one of them. The owner, Mike Latch, was one of them. And if, um, a handful of others that just signed up to go to the 08 games. And I was just obsessed watching. I was like, there's a competition you can do. And I was showing my parents, showing my brothers. It was the coolest thing. And so then after that, I was like, I want to do this. I want to do that, what they just did. So it clicked. So you can't, yeah. so you went, so you went in 2009, which was also at Aromas, which is awesome yes. to be able to, yeah. just to be able to, you know, have been a part of that is a very cool thing. Uh, we, Diablo, we were there with a team. 
Nice. And Darren Roston was Rostin. competing in the individual men. Yeah, that was you had to qualify then for the 09, right? Yeah, there was a SoCal qualifier, and that was when every qualifier had their own event. Oh, right. So ours was different yeah. than the NorCal yes. one. And NorCal, I think, was at Aromas to qualify, right? Yeah, yeah. and yeah. it was raining too. I think and like they had to run up, yeah, armor carry up the up the hill oh, yeah. and everything. That was awesome. That, that yeah, was we actually one of the video. Random outdoor place that was yeah. not that equipped you know but yeah made it work. But that was one of the things like well, i remember watching that video like because i was a trainer at a like a global gym and i would go home in between classes or clients and just geek out on the journal and like once i got hooked into that that watching that video i was like oh this is raw i like this yeah. it was fun so cool. the and then it, but in 2011 when you went to the games you had you did the you did the open yeah and, and had to qualify through that process yeah, which was also was, again, yeah, not my favorite. But yeah, we <laughs> that was the first year of the open and then regionals. The seven um, week open, oh, yeah, it was a seven week open, that's it was right. a six week open, but they they the website crashed the first day, right? That's right. And yeah. they gave us an extra week for double unders and snatches. Yep. The snatches one, exactly. Yeah, I remember that was, I remember that more from the um coach's perspective. So, me and Becca basically mm. took it on that we would run it for Valley. Um, the owner, Mike Latch was like, yeah, we'll do it. But he wasn't trying to make a thing of it. So we were like, all right, we have mm -hmm. to have, you know, meetings before every heat to or organize the judges and review standards. Like we were trying to be really dialed. Yeah. And, um, awesome. but then also we made sure there was a heat for all of the competitors for all of us to go. So it was a lot. It was fun though. The, and then did you, you, did you compete on a team as well? We, we, I did. So then after 2011, I kept trying to get back to the games as an individual and I continued to make it to regionals until I think 2014, 2014. I lost regionals. Yeah. And then 15, I decided to not try for regionals and I just did the open for fun. And then in 2016, CrossFit CSA like convinced me to be on their team. Right. So we went to regionals as a team. Mm -hmm. That's right. Awesome. That was and a that super was regional. Was, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. Um, back down in yeah that was when diablo was competing against csa during that oh period. yeah yeah we we won regionals that year 16 nice yeah that was that was one of the years because like every other year before that we always had individuals that competed um yeah. and then they would come back onto the team after we qualified and that was the one year that all of our team fully committed to be on the team and it it worked out. Yeah. Wow. Who knew? That's so exciting. <laughs> yeah, Jamie. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Jamie remembers that well because he was on that it's team. A, I like to run. Yeah, that was that was fun. It was it was my first experience competing on a team, really. Like besides a local yeah. something here and there. And that was so. some fun uh, team programming that year too. Those were good workouts. Yeah, yeah. they were. Yeah. I liked them. So, then into then into less focus on competition more on obviously your career um as a yeah. flow master as a flow master and, and and as a wife and mother as well yeah. um any thoughts just kind of staying on the competition front any thoughts on like age group competition any of that in the future <laughs> i actually would love to you know what always makes me want to do that is 
watching a competition. So like yeah. just being at semifinals, I was yeah. like, I turned to Becca and I'm like, I miss it so bad. She's like, you should really come back. I'm like, I don't think it works like that. <laughs> <laughs> so true. But no, you could just do it. I was like, I barely work out right now. I'm so far behind, you know, not, I mean, not to discredit anyone that's um, continued yeah. to go. It's not that it's easy, yeah. but it's, um, you know, they're, they're maintaining and getting better versus, I feel like I'm at such a deficit that I, it's not to say it hasn't been done, but mm -hmm. I don't know. I think the thing for me, why I stopped was, um, cause I've, I've competed as long as I can remember. You know, I was, I started sports very young, um, for out of choice. I competed at a high level through high school. Um, I competed in two sports for, a, well, I was a full-time volleyball in college. And then my, my senior year, I decided to also, throw for the track and field team in college. So it was like, I was, I did two sports in college. I've like, I've never stopped training year round. Um, you know, shortly after college, I got into just um, like endurance running and half and full marathon. And then from there it was CrossFit. So I wasn't, I, well, let's say I wasn't competing in marathon running, but um, that You're was doing I physically active, my yeah. one hiatus. I took three years from 2005 no more sports to 2008 finding CrossFit where I didn't officially, um, you know, compete like that hard, but I was signing up for races on a regular basis. And then, and then the CrossFit games kind of took over. So I never had stopped competing is how I felt. Yeah. And so part of me was like, that's who I am. That's my identity. And another part of me was like, I'm done being selfish. And I hate saying it that way. Cause I think it, it is, it is like diminishing the hard work that people put in because I admire it so much and I follow so many competitors and look up to what they do and I'm close friends with them. But for where I was at in my life, it, it was feeling selfish. My mind wasn't focused on the competition. My mind was focused on my, my girls coming home from school and me not being there. Um, I, I'm not trying to act like a martyr, but I wanted to be home. I wanted to hear about their day. I wanted to make them a snack and help them with their homework and then take them to their practice. And, you know, my husband was all about pulling that weight and taking care of it for me, but my head wasn't in it. So. Yeah. That, so, so that's fascinating on a couple of different levels. One, I think you're right. You to, to be competitive is even now, especially now at the master's level before I didn't, I don't like in 2000, back when I was competing in when you just masters, have top 20, out of the yeah, it was top go. 20, but it was, you know, it was the guys that really kind of applied themselves to, but, but now applied themselves at that time and then worked on their weaknesses. Like they did all of the things we did all the things I trained, mm -hmm. you know, to, to, to win and to compete and my nutrition was good, but now you can't take your foot off the gas. Like you can't take an extended period of time. You, you might be able to come back, but it, I'll tell you, it's going to be really difficult. You'll pay for it. The, the athletes that are in it now, like I look at Yvonne's age group, the women mm -hmm. that are 60 to 64, right? So this is an age group. You think, well, you know, someone's fit can come in and just jump in after a couple of years across with now. These women have been doing it for eight to 10 years repetitively yeah. at the games. You look at Becca Void, you know, in, mm. in, in and out. But it, what's interesting about what you said, um, Katie, regarding the mental aspect of and the selfishness of it, I've, I've had that experience myself with respect to competition training. Is, and I think it's part of that. When we talk about the mental struggle that some of these athletes have, I think that's part of that mental struggle. Oh, yeah. One having day. to be selfish for what's, their what's, training. What's great about being a, what, what makes a good CrossFit coach is they want to help people. What makes a good CrossFit affiliate owner, they want to help people. And then you, now you're going to be an athlete where you focus, you're not helping people. You're just focused on yourself. Yeah. You're just helping yourself out. And there's that, there's that, you go through that, that kind of mental thing. 
I'm, I'm only taking care of myself. I'm not really helping other people. Yeah. Yeah. And everything, I mean, even outside of the gym, your nutrition is selfish yeah. in a sense. Oh, yeah. I need to go get recovery. I need to get my sleep. You know, you're no longer having time with family, you know, partner, kids. You're like, I know we're not going out. I need to eat this food. <laughs> like, I don't know. There's yes. just like, there's so many things where, and, and I guess there's definitely leniency. And I always, I would take the leniency that I could, but there was also um, areas where I had to just, you know, we're all going to hang out. It's the weekend. I'd be like, no, I have to go back in the gym for my second yeah, session. Yeah. So, Start feeling guilty that you're missing out on yeah. an opportunity to well, and, make some kind of progress. Yeah, and, then, and now think about these younger athletes, like, yeah. like the Malabryans who've got young friends, right? Yeah. That, you know, and family, siblings, yeah. you know, and you, that weighs heavily. Yeah. All of that you know, goes I'm into I was competing with my teammates and it was so fun. And so maybe you can make that argument if you have a really solid training team and those yes. are because I mean, I would even talk to my volleyball teammates during CrossFit and I was like, this is so hard. And they're like, what is it? Like, cause I was going through a lot of like, you know, everyone's go, like, we're taking their time off or their mental stuff. And everyone's like, oh, that's so awesome. I'm like, wow, none of us talked about any of that. And, and, you know, all the credit to my friends and competitors that never had that, but I was in therapy. I was in, I was going to multiple therapists trying to figure out my stuff. It was mm -hmm. awful. And it, it, it boiled down to my head's not in it because my head is where I, I want to be with my young children. And I want to have my own, a child of my own. Cause those were my yeah. stepdaughters. Yeah. And you so don't want to mess up. Yeah. And I can't get away from that. No matter how much uh, my husband, Jesse's like, it's fine. We got it. We got it. I was like, I'm mid workout. And that's what I'm thinking about. This isn't right. And so like, I really, I respect when they are taking that time off because, you know, here I was thinking I needed a sports psychologist. I'm like, I can compete. I can't train. I'm yeah. freaking out in the gym. I'm having panic attacks from training. And they're like, what mm -hmm. they're trying to give me all these like mental things. I'm like, no, no, no. When I'm on the floor, I'm mostly I'm good. It's the, you know, not, I'm not perfect, but that I like that part. It's the training part that was just killing yeah. me. You know, so, so I, I totally understand. And it's in a uh, hats off to these athletes. Like, and it, this has been just, this conversation has been a little bit mind opening for me with respect to what they're going through and what they, especially today with social media pressure on oh. top of that. Right. But Alessandra, remember Alessandra here in the mm -hmm. gym too, same thing yeah. suffered from like severe anxiety. Yeah. You got to basically block yourself off to get the work that you need to get done yeah. in preparation <laughs> and not talk to anybody. You know, she would come in here in her bags in the corner and she's the nicest. I mean, she world. would talk to people if somebody would come up to her, but yeah. Yeah, but yeah, a lot of times people yeah. just don't want to interrupt. I was completely alone. Like I tried recruiting training partners for me, but I was yeah. for the most part alone. Um, and it was very discouraging. Yeah. You know, and then, and then God forbid you don't get a PR that day and you're just like, yeah. what am I even doing? Yeah. That's, that's, that is then the, the grind. That is the benefit of, a, of the training camps, right? You can pull these yeah. athletes together so they have peers. They don't have to necessarily train with each other. Yeah, they don't have to do the same But they stuff. have, right, as long as they're there yeah. together. We know it because yeah. that's the recipe that works for these group classes. Or even if you're a, a small group right. model, you know, my, my garage gym is a small group model. And it works because there's a, a accountability, there's shared energy, there's, mm -hmm. there's a, a lightheartedness to the difficult and, um, there's an, ins you know, like I'm doing the, the hard stuff and I'm, oh, she's doing it too. I can do this, you know? And I, everyone always was like, wow, yeah. what's going on, going on down at Valley CrossFit. It was that it was as simple as that. We were a group of people together yeah. and it, that's what motivated it. So, 
So, so now you're a garage affiliate owner, by the way. So I wanted to get into that. So you got your job as a uh, regional rep, West Coast regional or field rep. Then you've got, you know, you're doing your Flowmaster job. Why the hell would you want to open an affiliate in your garage? <laughs> I, yeah. And the garage was kind of like tripped and fell into it. We were planning on opening a physical space, but then um, wasn't able to. We kind of lost um, the lease there. But thank goodness. Cause that was right before COVID. So um, yeah, yeah. Good timing to not sign a lease, yes. but um, yeah. And I had looked into it earlier. You know, I, I think I officially signed up for the affiliate in 2017 and I was like, I'll just train one-on-one clients in my garage. And um, it started really taking off during COVID. And now, I mean, I just in an, I, I had two and a half hours worth of coaching and I saw, I think, 12 athletes. So I have a very small garage. It's a oh two-car garage, and a good amount of it is still sectioned off for like storage of our belongings. Home but I've stuff. got two squat racks, a small little stud bar, pull-up bar, um, lots of dumbbells and a lot of kettlebells. And um, yeah, I've, so I've mostly I'm training student athletes, a lot of teenager, teenage girls, essentially, and um, a variety of sports, but a lot of volleyball players. And, um, that's because I think that was my sport, but also because, uh, my kids play club volleyball. So I'm kind of got a nice little feeder system of yeah. them demonstrating their CrossFit kids prowess. And then people being like, why, why does it, my daughter look and move like your daughter? And I'm like, well, she hasn't lived in the gym since she was two years old, but <laughs> she do CrossFit. Like, yeah, they've been doing CrossFit kids since they were five and they've been following their dad around since they were Amazing. two. So it helps, but yeah, so I've got a good amount of kids and then, um, a handful of adults as well. So, yeah. Do you, um, do, do you still coach uh, level ones? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm on part of the level one and level two staff. I became uh, a trainer for them in 2011. My first seminar was, uh, the week end, the weekend before reporting to the 2011 games. So we had to show oh, up in wow. Carson on Monday and I taught a seminar Saturday. Oh so much for a taper. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah, that was back when that kind of thing could happen. But um, yeah, so I've been, so since 2011, I've been on staff and then I just became a flow master right before COVID early 2020. And so in, in that, all that means is a running, running the seminars. So that's been a really cool and fun new job with its own challenges of, um, you know, helping the other trainers in the sense of observing their, their lectures and giving feedback and guidance and things like that. And um, so I do those, I used to average one to two a month since taking on this job. It's more like one or none a month, just because something else comes up that month. I've got semifinals or, you know, we've got, um, Affiliate gathering. Yeah. yeah. One of the affiliate gatherings or other things come up. And then I've got my own personal schedule. I can't always um, like this past weekend, I've got my husband and one daughter in Orlando, Florida for a volleyball tournament. And so I, and my toddler had to take our other daughter to Southern California for a softball tournament. So it's like, I'm a little bit limited in weekend oh, availability because <laughs> um, kids sports yeah. dominate yeah. my life. But, um, but yes, yeah. I am still doing the flow master thing. Well, thank you for taking the time to do this podcast. Good Lord. I told told Jamie, I said, before we, I went to coffee with her 
and uh, two weeks ago we had coffee and then you started talking about all of these things that you do and then having been the coach and i sat and i sat there thinking damn i feel bad for making her <laughs> meet me for coffee <laughs> no no it was great I, I need to do those things to slow down and i always feel so much better because it connects me to what my job is actually about as the um affiliate rep and so and there's there's a, there's a handful of other i mean there's so many local affiliates that i if if yes. i was i gotta be careful not every I can't go to coffee with everyone every week but mm -hmm. um there are a few people that will ask and I'm like yeah I need that that's a good idea but um yeah there's that's a lot cool. of balls in the air <laughs> right how now. many yeah. how many affiliates do you talk to a week it varies a lot over email and text and Instagram messages and then um it sort of ebbs and flows with how many people will book a call so sometimes mm -hmm. it's as few as like five or six uh, typically on Mondays, I block it off so that no one can book a call because I have a lot of stuff I have to catch up on to start for the week. And then somehow Fridays, not everyone wants to book calls. So I have availability, but it doesn't get as full. Um, and then other times I might have three or four calls in a day. So it, it, it varies. Um, mm -hmm. What are the, what's the leading topic of those calls. What's the biggest reason why people will call you affiliate affiliate owners will call you. I spoke to affiliate owners during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. It's usually related to what do we do, right? It's, mm -hmm. do I stay open? What I, what do I do with my affiliate fees? Should I pay my affiliate fees? Is there a different way I can structure my affiliate fees? Um, what are those calls like now? They're a lot of times, they're booking the call because of an email I maybe sent out. Either I was checking in on them because it's their anniversary of being an affiliate owner, or they got my newsletter and I have, you know, several different calls to action throughout that. Um, if they heard from me and they're booking a call, a lot of times they're curious. They're kind of like, I didn't want to miss an opportunity to kind of chat and, and like, what do I not know? Like you kept saying, book a call with me. Like, what do I not know? And so sometimes it's as simple as like, filling them in on some of the updates that we have in the affiliate toolkit, things like the content kit that has different media and social media options. Um, sometimes they're not even aware of the other resources we have, like the partner network or um, the playbook. I've pointed people to different spots on the playbook for things like raising their rates. Um, but a lot of times someone is calling because they're struggling. Yeah. If, if they're struggling to make ends meet, then that affiliate payment starts to look like a place to cut costs. Mm -hmm. And then we start to talk and they're like, we're a CrossFit gym. I don't want to cut this, but I can't, I don't know what to do. And so that's, that's our conversation. And I'm less trying to guide them towards what they should do and more just talking about and hearing about their business. How many members do you have? What are your rates? You know, I'm on their website, I'm on their Instagram, you know, and I'm, I'm picking stuff up when I'm looking on those sites and I'm asking them about their website and, and I'm figuring out that they don't like social media and they don't utilize it, or they, you know, haven't raised their rates ever or whatever it may be. And I'm looking at where they live and I'm, you know, wow, I feel like your guys are rates are kind of low and you know, what's the, what's the deal. And what is that? So when we start to find kind of, I learn more about who they are as an owner and what maybe some of their weaknesses are. Usually they admit to them. I'm not calling them out. They'll say, you know, yeah. I really just, I don't like raising rates or I don't like this. And it's like, okay, oh, I give away a lot of memberships. I do a lot of this and that. And I'm like, 
okay, but you are telling me how you want to keep the doors open, but you're not doing the things that are going to allow you to do that, you know? And, um, so very thankful, thankfully, very few are saying like, screw CrossFit. I want out, you know, take me off your mailing list. You know, I I almost, I say very few. I don't think anyone, I've definitely had some that are disgruntled and, um, you know what? I can't think of one of those people that we haven't ended the call where they sound a lot different than how it started. And I'm not trying to act like a miracle worker, but I really Some, think there's someone to talk to having Some, someone to talk to. Having someone, to yeah. It's almost like you're coaching. Just listen. Yeah. Who, yeah. Who's from the company that feels like didn't listen. And they're yeah. like, wow, you get it. And I, you know, so I hope that's helpful and not mm-hmm. um, just, Paying lip service, but I, I, yeah. For me, it is. To, I've I've done a few calls where people call me because I, I put it up there that and encourage people to call. And if you're an affiliate owner and you're having success or you're doing well, I would encourage you also to make yourself available to other affiliates. And it is the, you literally describe the the conversations that I've had where I'm mostly listening. And they talk through, they know what their issues are. And usually it's very basic thing the some of the basics and all they needed to do was talk through it to give them confidence to be able to do the right thing. Yeah. But, but, but li- the listening part is, is, uh, as I think the big part and it would, Jamie and I talked about that, uh, when we first got started, when he started his affiliate and when we started Diablo, we didn't have, we didn't have anybody. No, yeah. <laughs> we heard yeah. from the affiliate team. Yeah. Hey, congratulations. You're affiliated. Yeah. <laughs> See ya. Yeah. We'll reach out if we, um, you know, need a new credit card, but yeah. yeah. That's, and, and now that I'm a little bit more on the inside, I mean, I am on the inside, but I, I don't, we're all still kind of in our separate departments, you know, but I'm learning a lot about how, um, you know, our affiliate support team, has been understaffed and, you know, they're, they're doing yes. what they can. And they've been also just kind of stay in this lane and do this thing. And so this is a totally different role that didn't exist. And we're finally, I think, listening to what is needed by being available. And um, I, I do hope that it's helpful. There are, I mean, there's little fires I can put out right there on the spot that help take sure. something off plate. I know a lot sure. about the education department because I'm, I'm a part of that as well. You know, oh, my level two or my level one's about to expire, but I really wanted to take the level two. And I, the next one that signs up is a week after I expire. And I'm like, we can fix that. That's a, that's a, we yeah, can make cool. that. A, you can. Yeah. Here's what you're gonna do. You're gonna email these people. You're gonna say this, you're gonna say that we spoke and this is what you need. Come back to me if there's any issues. And what does our seminar team do? They get them in, of course, you know, like, they're reasonable about those things. But when you go to sign up online, it's like, you can't, you know, there's, yeah, there's only right. technology can understand. So just putting out little fires for people and um, hopefully getting them that, back on track. I think that's a really important thing that for people to hear too. Like, you know, if, if you are under the gun in a situation, it's, you know, the worst thing that could happen is you reach out and you hear what you were afraid of, but at the same time you might have, you know, like you said, you could make a little adjustment, extend it out just so they can get through this hurt. CrossFit does not want you to fail. No, no. I think that's important. And it's they really will, important. and they will, you just, it, what the challenge was, it was difficult to get access to those resources. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I benefited from access to those resources in a way that a lot of people couldn't. 
because we we're in the local area. So I had, you know, contacts yeah. within the HQ. And also I've been here a long, long time. Yeah. So people knew, know who I am. And I know, I knew who all the players were just because I was one of the original guys. Like there, there weren't a lot of us, there weren't a lot of affiliate. Yeah. So I built relationships with those people so that if I needed something, I could, I could email someone specifically. So what you're yeah. saying is when an affiliate gathering comes up, you should go and meet yes. people. <laughs> Yeah. And, and well, like, and like Katie says, yeah, you should go, you should yeah. go. But, and like Mingo, Katie yeah. said, she's offering herself up for calls. I love it mm -hmm. to hear that the affiliate owners go, well, I feel like I should just call because you said do a call with me. That's good. Yeah. Cause you want to have, you know, those, or making those connections because those connections. I've also found out, you know, a lot of affiliate owners and these are commercial affiliate owners, but they start to tell me different projects they want to get into. You know, I'm really into working with people in recovery. I'm really interested in veteran mental health. I'm really interested in, you know, people that are coming out of incarceration and, and, and hopefully staying out of that system. And I'm uh, really interested in troubled youth. Like everyone has these different little niche things if, if and when their business is rolling how they'd like that they want to now um kind of bring their focus toward. They still want to be, and they want to bring CrossFit to them because they feel like that can help them too. And they, maybe they have a history in it themselves or a family member or some sort of connection. And so I write that stuff down and I can start to, you know what? I just talked to a guy down in this area and he's doing something with troubled youth too. And he's working with the probation officers. Maybe you guys would want to connect, you know, and I reach out, do you mind if we, and I've never had anyone be like, absolutely not. Like that's inappropriate that you would even ask me, please don't share my info. You know, like everyone's like, I'd love to compare notes and talk about what my program is. And, um, you know, like, oh yeah, I'm starting a CrossFit kids program. Well, did you know that you guys can look at this, this and that? And like, have you talked to any of the local schools? There's a lot of affiliates that are nonprofit in schools. I talked to a lot of the owners of those. Sometimes they're teachers, sometimes not. And they're just like, that's its own struggle. You know, here we are trying to pay the bills as affiliate owners, but they're like trying to get the district to understand that this is an actual thing and, it, and trying to make sure that um, their trainers are it can keep their educations current, uh, their seminars current and make sure they have a program to actually roll out to school age, middle, high school level. It's so like everyone has different challenges. And if I can start to kind of group people together, either organized by me, you know, like I, I run a Zoom call and get everyone in there to talk or just sharing email addresses and letting people connect. Um, you know, I would love to hear more about that because I've gotten certain things that I don't have the immediate answer. Like, you know, I'm trying to get a, a PT to sublease from me. I was just wondering if anyone had any pre-existing contracts and I'm like, let me see, you know, like, so like, okay, then the last person that I talked to that has a PT, maybe you'll talk to him. And he's like, yeah, I don't mind. And then, you know, they chit chat. And so it's like, just, I can help make connections sometimes. So it's good to, good to chat with me if you can. Mm. it is that and, and that is why those affiliate gatherings are important as well too i want you talk about all these different programs that s some of these affiliate owners are running and, and operating that is how crossfit organically grows yeah. and that's how we reach into say the school systems it's how we reach into uh, uh, other organizations that are helping say the you know, juvenile youth uh, or that are in the, the juvenile probation program that are people coming out of prisons, people that are dealing with addiction. That's how we get into those things. And that's how we grow. If they have success, I want them to have success so that I can hear about that program and I can run that program. We're doing Matt Schindeldecker's mm -hmm. program that he does in the state of Ohio with the juvenile youth detention. We're doing, we're duplicating that here. 
and yeah. and so the more the more that people can share and ask for help on in doing those things there's the the more we all grow together so i i love that i love hearing that um you've been out and you visited a lot of affiliates too over the yeah. last you've been in the job now for a year yeah just coming up on a year next month yeah mid july um what's the it, is, is it, I want to be careful how I ask this question. I told Jamie I was going to maybe put you on the spot a little bit. If you had to point to one thing that was like, here's what an affiliate should do. Like the, the one common, is there, all right, let me ask it this way. Is there one common flaw that you see amongst affiliate owners that may be struggling that you've visited? Like, is there one thing like you walk in and you just go, like you walk in the door and you see it and you're like, oh, Oh boy. <laughs> um, and I, you don't need to I, call anybody out, but is there, <laughs> I will not call anyone out. Certainly not. But, um, you know, I feel like it's more of, it, it comes into different camps. I think there isn't one, this is it. This is the thing that everyone's missing and the people that are getting it, get it. And the people that don't, don't. But I do think when I talk to successful affiliate owners, they are checking all of these boxes and the ones that are kind of stuck more in the middle are checking some of the boxes and they may struggle in others. And the one, the areas that I can notice when I walk in are cleanliness and organization and like the flow of things. Is it clear where I should go as I'm walking in, you know, I'm walking in maybe a roll up door, maybe I'm walking in a lobby door, but is it clear where I should go to find you know, the start of class, the person who right. knew I need to talk to. And that's clear meaning like, are there designations around? Are people looking at me and waving me over? Is there someone wearing a shirt that indicates they would be kind of the one to talk to? Um, all different ways to do it. Lots of ways that it can work. But if I'm walking in and no one's making eye contact with me, no one's saying hello, um, I'm either being ignored or I don't know where to go, then I think that is a problem. I, I'm not insulted. I'm not worried. But I think that could be a big problem for them and they don't realize it. That's a good um, that's a, that's We don't a, get a lot a, of walking. I'm like, you might really be cool. getting walking and they walk back out. Yeah. I could see that being a, a big one for yeah. a lot of especially new people that like yeah. new affiliates yeah. that, you know, they've got new people coming in and they're already intimidated and they're like, Well, what's everybody knows what they're doing here? I don't know where to go. Who do I talk to? And like you said I they might walk right up. And that's an easy one to fix. Yeah. That's a really easy one to fix. Yeah. Figure out your style. You might not have a lobby. That's okay. You might be like, we yeah. just leave the roll-up door open all day. Well, then you need to take your lunch in a way that you can see that door. Yeah. Somebody and coming they, in, yeah. Yeah, or whatever you're, you know, and, and if someone's assigned to that, and you probably are going to need to have a camera mounted so that you can see that no one saw that person come in and leave and all sorts of stuff. And um, if someone's going to be working out when it's their shift to watch the door, then you might need a backup person or you might need to shut the door and put a, please come back at 3 PM sign yeah. or whatever works yeah. for you. But, um, you I, want I, to I make went, sure. I went down to it. CrossFit Inferno in Pismo beach, a, a Bill Grundler's gym and my yeah. wife and I, well, my wife and he's back in an industrial area and it's intimidating when you go mm -hmm. there and, and it's tough looking. Mm -hmm. kind of wow. og crossfit and you and i you know i go walking in there and everybody came up to us now bill i know bill yeah. but members came up smiled hello introduced 
people oh, wow. when I was rolling out and and on the floor, you know, people came up and said hello and said welcome. It's a welcoming environment. That is really cool. Yeah, like that. Just yeah. that. Yeah, it's in it, especially for newer members because you get that, then you feel like I, I felt an obligation. Yeah, as a guest to be mindful Outgoing. of all of the rules yeah. and to participate and to p- participate passionately. Like yeah. I'm like, Oh man, I better, I got to better get after this. I can't take it easy. Yeah. <laughs> like, exactly. Oh, and want to be on the team. Mm. Right. And instilling that can be tough. If you're in, if you're looking at your gym right now and being like, that's not us, that it's not just a switch. You're going to be able to flip tomorrow morning. That's oh. going to take some serious culture shifting and it's going to start yeah. with you as the owner. And it's going to yeah. start with the, your staff. And if you're not present, it's going to be a, near impossible to make that shift because how can you expect your staff to change if you're not there helping implement it? So things like that, I think the cleanliness is understated because a lot of us came up in the old, you know, garage vibe gym. I mean, like the first weight lit room that I really lifted in was at my high school and it was under the bleachers and it was chain link fence. So like, I am all about the rusty steel and the iron and like the, the dirty, this and that I get it. And so when I was in my first CrossFit gym, it wasn't Valley CrossFit wasn't dirty, but it was, it wasn't as polished as some of these gyms yeah, are right. now. They they, kept they, the yeah, Rogue wasn't Rogue didn't exist when yeah. I first stepped into a CrossFit gym. Yeah. So it, over time now you can, obviously I don't want people to go out and spend all their money on equipment, but you can really dial up your, your, the look of your facility. And so I think that's another thing to keep in mind is what is your aesthetic? And it can be rougher. That's totally cool, but it doesn't have to be dirty or dingy. You don't have to do a burpee and get fingernails and hair on your legs. That's, that's not a rough aesthetic. That's lack of care. Or like broken bumper plates or something like that. Broken bumper plates, broken machines. It happens. Get them out of there. You know, um, if, if you're doing an all day long rowing um, class, you better have a big bin of D batteries close by. So it's not like the workout's about to start and the mine is broken. And then like, oh, just wait for the next one. You'll go in the next one. It's just like, what? You know, so. Just row for every, as everybody else is rowing. Yeah. Yeah. Just row as long as everyone else is rowing. So, so I mean, like be, be prepared for these kinds of things and that professionalism will shine through. I think the other thing I would say is, um, the level of coaching, of course, and that can be a tough one for owners to maybe see, they might only see certain qualities of their trainer and not really see at the heart of where that trainer is missing. Um, I think a lot of trainers can, can improve on their scaling abilities to scale on the fly and not be so stagnant in their scaling. I think a lot of trainers can, work on their seeing and correcting, which is a big thing we talk about a lot at the level too. Many are kind of in the realm of, let me just keep everything flowing from start to finish and just kind of nobody's, nobody's going to die. That's all. That's my job. Instead of actually making that squat look better mid workout, mm-hmm. that, uh, that can be tough. And, and if that is not a part of your culture, you're going to get pushed back from your members. So it's a, it's, you know, again, it's another one of those from the top. I, I think affiliate, affiliate owners get overwhelmed. Um, the, the couple takeaways from this conversation that I get and that is hard is, is it never gets easy. Like you can't 
take your foot off the gas, right? You've talked about the broken mm-hmm. equipment, the having yeah. deep batteries, the, you know, the, the cleanliness, like you, you just, the, you can't relax. You can't skip those things. And then the coaching, I think what happens with coaching in my, in my opinion is the f- coaches are hired at affiliates as an accommodation to the schedule. First, the owner's probably overwhelmed and they need someone yeah. to fill that time mm-hmm. slot. And, and to take on some of the load. So it becomes more first about first about schedule than second about quality of coaching. Yeah. And just that's an opinion. I don't, but I suspect that. Yeah. But again, no, you can't, can't take your foot off the gas. Like you've got, so now you got them in that schedule and you got them in there. Now you need to, now you got to go back in and you got to make yeah. that coach better. Mm-hmm. Whether they want to get better or not. Yeah. Whether they want well, to get better. Guys, I mean, you guys do regular coaches and staff meetings, right? Is that, how often yes. is that? Is that a weekly? Yeah, we're now doing we're now doing them weekly, and yeah, found I, tremendously beneficial. They've been weekly every Wednesday for the last year two and years, a half, yeah. two years, two yeah. years, yeah. And maybe every week you have something to give them in terms of like development, or I want to let everyone to know about this that yes. rolling out. But honestly, I I really think even just having that moment to connect that we're all on the same page is almost more important then let's do a quick drill to make sure everyone knows how to see yeah. a dynamic fault in the push jerk. You know, that's important. You need to do that, but you also need to just have those times. Like I, I think you guys, you get together, you meet, and then you do a workout, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so like that, that, that kind of community, and I get that not every gym can do that. You get, might have a lot of part-time coaches with other, other commitments, but something, some way of bringing people together. I know some people have a coaching staff text chain and everyone's letting everyone know, hey, we got a new person. She signed up this morning. She's got kind of a, you know, just tweaked her knee, not with us, but we got to act like it was, you know, whatever. And and that kind of stuff is not just like, a, oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you about her. So she's, yeah. oh, well, you saw, you know, it's like, that's not going to work. We got to no. really all be. And it's so <laughs> powerful when that member comes in and another coach has, I've had, we've had multiple members tell us this. Yeah. When they walk in and I go, hey, how's your back done? They're like, how did you know about my back? <laughs> Yes. Well, we have a coach's meeting and once a week and we, we just talked about you. We talked <laughs> about you. Or how's your dog? I knew you guys yeah. had to oh take my gosh, yeah. They're like, wait, what? You know, they're like, wait, I don't want to talk right now. I'm going to cry. You know, but you're like, <laughs> the fact that you share that kind of stuff, because especially at your gym, you guys have more members than most. And that's hard or impossible for one person to remember everything. Yes, so you, yes. you really do kind of compare notes. And that's that level of care that, makes people feel like they have a personal trainer at a big gym like this. Mm-hmm. I came from a personal training background well before CrossFit and I, the connections I made were huge. They like the people were so committed to training with me, the amount of money and package sizes they would buy because they just, it was me. It wasn't necessarily um, their goals. They're like, their goals would change. You know, they want to mm-hmm. pull up this month and the next month they want to back squat. You know, they were just like, whatever it was more about paying for the person. And so if you're struggling to keep people, how much do you know about those people Yeah. without awkwardly prying tonight, like in class, Hey, is everyone's dog? Okay. You know, you, you got to find a way to have these side conversations. It's something we do at the level one seminar. Yeah. How are you? What are, you know, tell me a little bit about yourself and people love to talk about themselves. Hence me on this call talking a lot about myself but no, that's, yeah, like, that's, that's the purpose of this um yeah. how are you by the speaking of time are you okay for the next 10 minutes yeah i'm good thank you <laughs> so the, the 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 next thing i wanted to talk about briefly and then i want to i want to talk about uh certification 
And then I want to talk about, um, just to get a real quick, we can end with a quick take on CrossFit and, and the future of CrossFit. I'd listened to your interview with Don Fall in, in that was a two part series in your guys' podcast, which by the way, listen to their podcast and it's called, it depends It's on Apple podcasts. And it's a very good podcast. It's produced. They pre-record <laughs> and then go back and put it together. And it's really they won't nice. Say Jordan, Jordan edits all of it. I do nothing. Um, I just show up and talk. <laughs> you're just the talent. Yeah, you're just I'm the talent. talent. That's what we, <laughs> I'm just it's a really, on a podcast. It's, it's a, like if you want to listen to a podcast that's good and organized, listen to that one. If you want one that's kind of rough around the edges. And, no, and I think it's that. he wants us to be live, which I think would be fun. And it would be. Well, I was going to say, is it less work or is it more work? It's less. It's, it's less work. It's less work because yeah. you don't worry about the editing side of it. Yeah, the, that's the, what I the, but I was like, Maybe it's more work because live is hard. But mm. yeah, so there's a different level of stress, I guess. Yeah, you can't just cut go. something out. The um, the level one, level two. So we get people that get to the end of their level one, and then they, you know, it gets close to expiration. Instead of doing level two, they can't find a level two close to them they have to travel to it retake the level one is what are your thoughts on that and where crossfit's headed with that do we are we going to see more level two scheduled do we do we do do i tell them hey just wait um do we can can we get the extension is that kind of stuff easy what are your thoughts on that level one level two? First off no, no knock on anyone that's repeated their level one. I know partly that for a lot of a long time, that was the affordable option. And now it's not because there's, it's now the same cost if you're as, as if, um, if you're re-upping it, it's the same cost as if you're taking it for the first time, essentially. But I don't personally see a lot of value in retaking the level one, unless it's been maybe a decade. Yeah. And you're like, I just want to go back and see how it's changed. Cause just, it has changed, but not that much it's still okay. very much an introductory course and so a trainer that has been in the game a long time retaking the level one we are going to find a way to challenge you within the groups and improve your movement and improve your coaching but you're going to be hearing lectures that are a very much basic understanding entry level and so that's not going to be i don't think very enjoyable will you get something new out of it absolutely i have sat through almost I think I'm, I'm just under 180 seminars, level ones and level twos combined. And I will, uh, this is no exaggeration. I get something out of every one of them. Someone else gives a lecture and I hear it a different way and it inspires me. Cool. But, but that, that's not what you should give up a weekend for, to hope for that one little kernel yeah. that you didn't quite get the first time. So anyone that's taking the level one and actively coaches, I say, take the level two. If yeah. you do not actively coach, if you just took it for your own, Personal enjoyment, the level two will not be fun because it is a coaching credential. It is a coaching yeah. seminar. So assuming you've coached for at least six months, you're ready for the level two. That's yeah. That was my progression. I took the level one and six months later, I took the level two or it was the coach's mm -hmm. prep course at that time. Mm -hmm. I wanted to get better at coaching. It was going to be my job. I was ready to quit my desk job and go all in in this new job. And I was like, I'm not going to do that if I haven't taken the coach's prep course. And so that I realized most people are like, no, I'm going to stretch it out and use all five years of my level one before I sign up for the level two. So my first recommendation, gym owners, talk to your staff. And if you don't have their credentials calendared, like you don't know when they expire, I would get that information, assuming they're comfortable telling you when their level one expires. A lot of people have their certificates up on the wall at the gym and you should calendar a year prior to that and ask them to take their level two in their fourth year. 
not a month prior to their expiration date because it's in the best service of your product at your phone. Okay, hang on a second. Hang on a second. She's talking to you. Hang on a second. I got to go take some notes. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot believe it. As you're saying it, I'm like, how do I not have their certification? Days? I was just going to ask. Do you have that? 15 coaches here. I have no idea when they expire. Don't don't do it. I don't do it. It's a time to have that conversation about what they would like. And, and you were kind of right there. Idea. You know what? Actually, I want to go be a pilot. So, okay, you're kind of on your way out. We would love to keep you as a part-time coach, but yeah. I want to I want you to take the online scaling course to keep you sharp or whatever. Mm -hmm. And if you're a gym that is able to kind of help with continuing education, there's obviously different ways to help slice yeah. that. Yeah, I've heard is. everything from we pay this percentage to we pay them back over the course of several paychecks um, to show that they've reinvested what they've learned back in our gym. We don't pay it up front necessarily, but um, yeah. And I think the level two is my favorite of the two courses. I, I love it's amazing. It's amazing. It's, it's like, it's like take taking a class and being coached. Like you're not in a large group setting. You're in a small, more intimate setting. It's way more hands-on. I mean, it's, way more it, scary. it's <laughs> I was yeah, terrified it's, mine. it's great. I loved it. You know, so we, I've got all, almost all of our coaches are level two now. Yeah. And, yeah. and last week at the, at our coaches meeting, Jackson, who just got yeah. his level two said, Hey, you know, at these meetings, can we do a, like a round table and, and start coaching in front of each other for criticism like, no he was commenting on the fact like when you take class like after class come up and yep. you know drop some knowledge like here here this i love this he part won. or this would be like people that's are right. eager to get better and, and that's one way to and do prior it. to prior to take, doing the level two that my coaches wouldn't ask that yeah no but they yeah but they learned at the level two it that it helps them it does yeah. and and i think hopefully if done correctly the level two uh, seminar trainers are doing it in a way that feels um, positive and improving yes. versus criticism and negative I would because say you are getting criticized. You're getting told something you didn't do perfect, but everyone yeah. is. I always tell yeah. everyone, no one gets out alive. Everyone leaves here with feedback because otherwise I didn't get my job done. Like my job is to give you feedback. So um, that can almost be the culture on your coaching staff. Everybody mm -hmm. gets feedback from the owner all the way down and you can maybe you streamline it so there is um, parameters. I think that it could, depending on who your team is, you guys are very connected. And I think that you would likely have less struggle with this, but other teams, you know, might not see each other as regularly and might not get to train together and feel that bond and that support. And so it can feel a little bit like they're being torn down. So my right. encouragement would be to have parameters, you know, you can give one piece of constructive criticism and it's, it's gotta be concise and direct. And you can state right at the part that it's it's opinion based. This is something I observed in my opinion is or I do it this way. And I just was going to just offer that up versus Wrong. you told them to push their knees in on the squat. That's not opinion. That is not good. Right. We need to clear that up right now. Don't tell them to push their knees in on the squat. Say, you know, obviously I'm being silly with that one. But if you see something that is fundamentally incorrect and um, make sure that it's you can come at it and clear that up or, or, or go to the owner and tell them. Mm -hmm. and, and you're not tattling. You're just like, I think this person needs to be reminded of this and that, but yeah. maybe there's a, a sheet that you can, and then we have those in the level two trainer guide. And there's also um, the professional coach issues, a lot of different 
um, ways to do work on coaches development, but maybe there's a sheet where you're, you write three things you loved, or you're going to steal. And mm -hmm. one thing that you would have done differently. And, By it, the and way, you only have not a line, so they can't write an essay completely yeah. picking. Yeah, apart. Keep it short and concise, right? If you're, yeah. if you're a coach, go through your email box and find that professional coach yeah, email and pull that shit out of spam or out of your promotion mm -hmm. folder and make sure you're reading it every time it comes. Cause it is good. And it gives what the best part is it gives you links to all the past professional coaches, yeah. which you can get. And then it gives you all their uh, access to all their content all the that they produce, all the stuff. references and stuff. It's really good. Yeah. And it, and I, and I know what happens. Like I've seen it in my email box, it gets buried in like a promotion folder or something like that. And then I miss it. And sometimes I see it. I'm like, Oh man, I missed this one. Mm. I it's, won't it open it until I can pay attention to it. So I just right. keep scrolling across this unopened email. And I was like, it's, oh, yeah. okay, I have to finally sit and just do it. Yeah. Nicole Christensen uh, puts that together. It's a, it's a dynamite piece. Um, the one thing I wanted to that we can kind of finish on, and, and because you have uh, access to um, the powers of be at CrossFit that are kind of guiding the steering this ship, this big ship that we call CrossFit. Um, what is your take on the future of CrossFit and the uh, progress that Don Fall and his team have made with respect to the business of CrossFit? And what is your confidence level going forward? I know it's probably this, like, you can't be completely candid, but. but I'm, like, it'd be shirt. I'm like, oh, who me? I'll just tell you guys. <laughs> no, um, but it'd be good to have your some kind of insight, persp inside perspective on what your thoughts are on, because they get, you know, they, they show up in podcasts, everything else, and they get bombed a lot with all kinds of stuff. And there's a lot of, there's, you know, with, with social media and everything else, sometimes there's a lot of hate, especially now surrounding the games. You get this, uh, I think, ruthless and unwarranted attacks on on the changes that they've made. What is your overall take on CrossFit and the future of CrossFit and how they're doing? Yeah, we we talked a little bit about that at when we went out to coffee. You kind of hit me right. with that, and almost I felt like I didn't give you a complete answer, but similar to what I told you then, like not that I'm the ultimate barometer, but I was just as scared and upset and hurt as everyone back when things were changing and shifting when when coach glassman tweeted when you know everything was falling apart with covid and and crossfit wasn't there to help people um i was i was not proud to be a part of crossfit in those in those weeks and a lot has changed of course some of it was not so great some of it has been much better where it stands now I would not be working for CrossFit if I didn't believe that we were headed in the right direction. And maybe that's me being naive, but I think that what I see and hear is moving in the right direction and the people in charge are have the right goals in mind. And when I talk to the mentors of mine on the team and I ask them how they feel, that's sort of their same thing. And they're like, we have to keep here. We have to stay here to keep the ship headed in the right direction. That's our job. And I want what I do on the affiliate level to help move us towards that goal of more people doing CrossFit. If more people are doing CrossFit, those affiliates are more successful. They're happier doing what they love than they ever could have been without. And so it, there are days where I'm like, oh my gosh, is everyone struggling? Is everyone, you know, barely making rent and not able to pay their affiliate fees? And then I realize that, the more we get each other to share ideas and share what we're doing and, and help each other, 
those affiliates are going to succeed. And if the affiliates can succeed, CrossFit can succeed. Like, I really think it comes down to that. And CrossFit, the company, I don't feel is trying to get in its own way. I really, truly think they're trying to do what is going to help. But I also know that there's no way that we're going to always get it right. You know, there's things that happen where I'm like, was that the right call? It doesn't feel like the right call, but now we have to wait and see. Mm. Um, but ultimately, I, I really, I won't keep doing this and asking people to pay their affiliate fees if I don't think we're headed in the right direction. Yeah. I won't wear the shirts. I won't be, the, it's just, it's not worth it to me because people, this is people's lives. Yeah. You know, this is people, sometimes it's their whole life that those small business owners, so... Yeah. We see the success every day in our gym with our members um, and the and the PRs that they have that they put on the board and the progress and the changes that they make in their lives. Um, we see it every day, and it's a validation of the of the methodology. And I've similar. I really liked what you said about people that are you know, especially OGs that are working at CrossFit. I feel like you know I have to stay and I have to do my job to its best extent in order to keep this thing going in the direction we want it to go and that's kind of how i feel about diablo crossfit like i want to be the best representation of a crossfit affiliate as a way to motivate and inspire other affiliates to do the same mm -hmm. and to encourage more people to want to participate in the affiliate model like if we do that um they'll continue to to join and be a part of crossfit and be successful at crossfit as well so that's a that's a that's a great way to put it. I'm glad to hear that because that makes me feel good about being a part of it as well. I think there's enough of us OGs in here, kind of infiltrating the entire organization, yes. can help can help <laughs> keep, keep this thing on the right. Um, Won't let right it go under, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's uh, you know I I loved uh, in your podcast Jordan talks talks about uh, the growth of the fitness industry and the numbers that were um, that he's seeing with respect to the growth of fitness overall it's just it's taking off and expected to continue to grow for the next five to ten years mm -hmm. and crossfit right. needs 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 crossfit should be the leader in that yeah um, i agree so 100 percent. well cool well katie um we've taken a lot of your time i appreciate it in your incredibly busy schedule so thank you uh, for being on yeah um, yeah it's kind of exactly yeah, we've got a, we have a little, we have a whiteboard here with all the stuff that we want to talk about. We hit almost every single oh, subject. Great. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. yeah so uh, have an awesome day. Thanks everyone for joining us. Yeah, thanks guys. Talk to you later. All right. Bye.